welcome to this podcast is Rig with JW Riggs. I have a great guest today. Um, you've probably seen some of his stuff on American Dad or the new Shira cartoon. I believe I'm saying that correctly. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> um, I have a great guest today, Shane Curry. Uh, how are you doing today, Shane? I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for coming on. Um, yeah. Just, I've always been a huge, like I said before we started, I've always been a huge fan of animation. So, Yeah, me too. Well, I was when I was young, and then it waned. Around my 14th birthday, I got a guitar, and I went deep into music. Uh, and then around 25 or so, I came back to animation and started obsessing over it again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I kind of left animation a little bit, like for a little bit, like, when I was like 13, I'm almost 17 now. So it's like, I was like thinking, ah, oh, that's for younger kids. But then I was like, wait, no, it's not. <laughs> it's weird. Every, I think everyone does that. Everyone goes for a phase where you think you're too cool for something. And then you have to like get older and realize you're not actually cool to like go back and be like, okay, no, I like this again. Totally. Yeah. totally. Um, I think Femius and for something like that kind of brought me back into that. So stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, jump into this. Uh, how did you get into animation? How did I get into animation or how did I get into television? Those are two very different stories. Uh, let's start with how did you get into television? Oh, um, let's see here. <laughs> <laughs> when I was, so I was, I started, I wanted to be a songwriter from like age 14 to like 27. I mean, I still want to write songs, but that was like my end goal. Um, but something kind of like flipped in me. And at 29, I was living in Seattle. At 29, I kind of had like this freak out moment and I moved to Hollywood with my then girlfriend at the time. And we had no job, no family, no connections. We just had barely any savings. And we just went for it. And it was, uh, it was a disaster. I mean, we, luckily we were able to find a place to live. Um, and I was trying to make music and she was, she finally found a job. Um, and she just worked um, as a receptionist at this building next to another nondescript building. And she was a smoker and uh, she would go take smoke breaks, you know, every time she was at lunch. And she met a guy who said he was an animator. And he said that he was between seasons of a show and he wanted to make a music video, but he didn't have like a song that was short enough. So she said, oh, my boyfriend is a songwriter. I can show you some of his work. And I had been, it was really lucky because not only had I have some music, I was also experimenting with animation. So I had been making little cartoons to go with my songs. So when he saw the, my music, he was like, oh, I really like your music. We, could, we should collaborate on something. And we started to. Uh, and he said, you know, your animation actually isn't that bad. Uh, I know you're looking for work. I bet I could train you well enough to get you like enough work in animation to start paying your bills. And so I was like, wow, okay, yeah. So I jumped on that. And that was kind of how I got in, the short version of it. <laughs> it was basically, it was just a lottery ticket. It was just pure luck. But I happened to have enough, you know, animation like stuff on me. Right. I mean I feel like that's just kind of, I mean, God always has a plan with that stuff of just how stuff comes into your life. It is weird. In retrospect, it makes, yeah, trying to follow those threads backwards, you can be like, wow, this had to happen in order for that to happen. This had to happen for that to happen. It's very crazy. Yes. So, 
Um, I do feel lucky. But uh, another thing, uh, how do you like working on uh, American Dad? American Dad is awesome. It is, <laughs> I mean, working on it is incredible. Um, I've only been on for the last three or four seasons. I graduated high school the year it started airing on TV. So I sort of also kind of grew up with it, kind of grew up watching it. You know, I was a huge fan of it long before, I mean, even before I thought about getting into animation. So it was very, very surreal. Um, and now it's a job. Now it's, <laughs> it's a lot of serious, it's, it's an intense amount of work, um, but it's a lot of fun. Before quarantine and before COVID, the, the, the crew would sit in on table reads with the cast. So for every script that you know the writers would write before we started working on it, we all got to sit in a huge room together as the cast would read the read through the story. That that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the things I miss about being in isolation is groups yeah. of humans. <laughs> uh, how's working with uh, Seth MacFarlane? He, you know, I've never actually met him. He's because he's doing Family Guy and American Dad at the same time. You know, his time is split up between the two shows on top of Orville and everything else he's got going on. And so typically his lines are all recorded and sent to me before I even start working. That's, uh, that's honestly pretty cool. Um, something else, uh, what would you, I know you probably get this question all the time, but what would you say to someone, I guess, so like my age, so around 17, who's wanting mm -hmm. to get into animation? Oh, uh, just start animating. There is, are you familiar with the film Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I love it. I'm actually yeah. about to watch it tonight. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So it, yeah, it is like the pinnacle of like animation, at least in like the eighties. Um, but the, the director of the animation, Richard Williams, he, this is how I, I taught myself animation before I was, before I learned, studied under other people. Um, I learned from Richard Williams, he has a book uh, that he put out and he also did a series of lectures on DVD that you could probably find online if you know how to look for it. Um, <laughs> but I learned from that, I would watch his lectures every day just for like hours a day, not understanding anything he was saying, talking about stuff being on ones and twos. Uh, and I would just watch it over and over and then started making cartoons. The only reason I got anywhere in animation was because I already had cartoons that I had created when I met other animators. So my advice would definitely be just make stuff, just make cartoons so that you have something to show somebody because everybody talks, everybody can say they would love to do something. Everybody says that they can, they can do something, but very few people actually do it. Right. <laughs> well, a lot of people are waiting for permission to do stuff. They feel like, Oh, if somebody just discovered me, I could make something, but you don't need anybody's permission to just start making stuff. Now that's that's pretty cool. Um, well, you, you, I mean, you have this, this podcast, right? You've only been doing it for like since the quarantine. Yeah, I think about since June. So. Yeah, this is cool. I mean, Judd Apatow used to when he was about your age, maybe even a little younger. He would interview, you know, all the comedians that he looked up to, all the artists he admired. You know, I'm sure his tapes are super embarrassing. I think he's mentioned that before, but. I mean, uh, I mean, look how that turned out. That would be awesome. He's one of my favorite directors. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's amazing. So it's just like, 
I mean, I started this podcast because I needed something to do. I wanted to talk about movies to other people besides my family. (laughs) (laughs) Friends. So it's like, I just, and then I came up with this and I just messaged some people that I admired and stuff and asked them to come on the podcast. Yeah, you've had on some people that I admire too. I listened to the Jason Marsden episode. A Goofy Movie is probably my favorite animated musical of all time. So I listened to that interview with him. That was cool. Yeah, that's that's really cool. He's a really cool guy. So that was probably like one of my favorite interviews. I mean, all of them are my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was fun. It's just like, it's been a lot of fun. A lot of work, but a lot of fun. <laughs> that's the thing every i mean the weird thing about life is that everything is work even if you enjoy it everything is work and the sooner you can figure out that no matter what you're doing in life it's going to be hard work i think the happier you're going to be because you don't expect everybody thinks that if you're passionate about something it doesn't feel like work that's not true it's going to feel you're going to never you're going to want to drag your feet you're going to want to procrastinate even if you're passionate about it so it's like okay if i'm going to have to work hard I might as well pick something that I like. Right. Um, but um, before this, I tried my hands at my at a few other things. Um, I'm still working on the drums. So, oh, that's cool. So that's that's something I'm trying to work on. But this is something that I've really stuck with. Is I tried a blog that didn't very work. That didn't work very well. And I tried YouTube. But this is something I stuck with, and I'm doing pretty good with it. I would say so. So. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, the part of the reason why I agreed to it was just seeing all the other people you had interviewed. And I was blown away at the people you've gotten. I think it's going to be cool. Even if you stop doing it in like two years, when you're like 19, your, your ability to talk to strangers and hold a conversation with strangers is going to be astronomical compared to people your age. Right. And I'm, it's this like, uh, I want to go to college for preaching or some type of ministry. So mm. like, with the talking point, I think this is going to help a little bit. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if you go to a college, just even being able to list all the people that you've interviewed and being able to say that you had a podcast is going <laughs> to impress a lot of people. Um, but um, so uh, let's get back to it. How is uh, working on Shira? Shira? Yeah, Shira. <laughs> Shira was uh, awesome. That was something I was freelance on that. And that was the second show I ever worked on. The first show I worked on was called Trolls The Beat Goes On. It was another Netflix series. Yes. Um, I had trained under this wonderful guy named Bill, uh, who was the guy who was wanted to make the music video. Um, and he had trained me well enough to where he could kind of pass me off to somebody else I could mentor under uh, named Randy, who took me under his wing and then got me work on Trolls. And so I kind of learned while I was animating. And uh, then all of a sudden we heard about this She-Ra reboot being made and they needed people. And so he kind of, he's like, don't tell anybody about your lack of experience because the quality of your work is great. So just show them your work. Uh, and, and so that was it. I started working like, right on the second episode and worked right through to the end just about. But that was something where I was still freelance. So I was still working from my apartment. Uh, American Dad was the first kind of in-studio job 
where I got to like, I have my own cubicle. It's still there, even though I haven't been there in like a year <laughs> because of quarantine. Hopefully I didn't leave any food in there, but- uh, Yeah, that, that would kind of be gross. <laughs> yeah, but She-Ra was one of those shows that was uh, so well written that it was really exciting to kind of see each new episode. I mean, I have nothing against, you know, kids shows like Trolls, but She-Ra, because it was serialized and long form narrative, it was really nice, like every couple of weeks to be like, oh, this is where they're going with the story. That's crazy. And then yeah, like a year later, because animation takes forever. So the show didn't come out until, you know, almost all after I was done working on it. And to see everybody's reaction to it, to see how excited everybody was for it and the fandom and everything was really, really crazy. Uh, yeah, the fandom of that and stuff like He-Man just kind of in that universe is huge. So. <laughs> yeah, I heard that there's going to be two He-Man reboots going on at the same time. Yeah, I think crazy. there's like a live action movie and then Kevin Smith is making an animated series. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's so cool. It's just like with stuff like that, so many things for the same type of universe, like Marvel or something like that could happen at once. I've always done that fast. Yeah, the shared cinematic universe thing is, it's kind of new. It's been the last like 10 years that it's been really popular, 10, 15 years, but it's such a cool thing that I'm shocked that people didn't try to do it before. I think they tried. I mean, Full House connected to a bunch of other shows, but that was something a little different. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they used to. There used to be little crossover moments, and now that every show that is watched by people is almost entirely binge watched, and like also sort of in syndication already, it seems like more people watch The Office and Friends than they do any other show that's airing right now. So you lose all of those little events, those crossover events, because the air dates don't exist anymore. And it's, uh, but yeah, I mean, and I've really been getting into more American Dad and shows like that. So watching those again, so. Yeah, American Dad, uh, last few seasons have been some of the best ever. And I say that entirely because that's when I joined. I really <laughs> elevated the, the show. <laughs> and I think if you ask anybody on the crew or the cast, they will all agree that something, some magical shift happened when I joined. <laughs> I mean, don't follow up on that. But, yeah. But. Believe that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but it is. Um, actually, I guess I would say in about the last year or so, uh, I've really been, my parents have really started allowing me to watch American Dad more. Uh, yeah, mm. so. <laughs> so it's like quarantine hit and I started was allowed to watch Cleveland and American Dad some stuff like that American Dad isn't it's not that bad compared to a lot of stuff I mean it's more just insane than it is uh, <laughs> yeah the, the vulgar it's more insane than anything right right uh, do you have a favorite character on American Dad or ooh I, I mean, uh, I'm gonna have to say Klaus. I think Klaus. Sure. Is Klaus, yeah. What Klaus became, like around, I don't know, around season five or six or so. He just his his life uh, just keeps getting worse and worse. The more they, the more backstory they reveal about Klaus behind the scenes, and when he talks about his life outside of the family, it just gets sadder and sadder. <laughs> 
I don't know if I've actually heard about his backstory. I need to look at that. <laughs> yeah, it's just they just drop hints of it. All of a sudden, he has friends in another state. It's uh, it's very funny. <laughs> but yeah, I'd have to say Klaus. I would probably say Roger is my favorite. I don't know why. It just. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, I mean, for the obvious reasons, I mean, he's, he's, he's incredible. It's just, it's certainly an iconic character. You can just say Roger and everybody knows kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, no, and, uh, and then, of course, when you say the name Roger, I also think of Roger Rabbit. So. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, that's, that's, so he's, <laughs> Roger the Alien hasn't quite overtaken Roger the Rabbit yet. No. <laughs> Hopefully, Roger the Rabbit kind of gets, like, I'm hoping they do more with that character. I feel like they could do a little more with that character, hopefully. Yeah, I've heard rumblings about sequels and stuff like that. I don't know that it'll ever happen. To be honest, I don't know that anybody has the talent to make a sequel that will actually be as good as the original. Just for the sheer fact that traditional animation has changed so much in the last 30 years. Um, it's gone away from hand-drawn frame-by-frame stuff to more rig-based stuff where you're moving a mouse around on a screen. And it's not that there aren't lots of traditional animators that still exist or are around, but the, the team you need to assemble for something like that, it seems just impossible. And blending CG and live action, that's, that's nothing. That's meaningless. Because it already looks beautiful. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a feat. No. Um... Now, something that I'm kind of scared about but excited about that's coming out soon is Space Jam 2. Oh, right. Speaking of, yeah, that'll be an interesting uh, experiment to see <laughs> to see how they go. Hopefully, hopefully it looks nice. I mean, I know it's going to be cheesy. I mean, that's otherwise it would be it would be weird if they I don't know. It, it would be weird if it wasn't cheesy because if you think about it, I mean, Looney Tunes is awesome. Not cheesy in a bad way, but like cheesy. Like Looney Tunes cheesy. Yeah, kind of tongue in cheek. Not quite. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It'll be interesting. You know, I mean, if it blows up, then that could open the doors to more like traditional animation, live action hybrids. Maybe we'll. I would hope so. I mean, Tom and Jerry's getting one this year. So. I saw the trailer for that. That one was, it's definitely was not Roger Rabbit level, that's for sure. No. <laughs> it's, it's definitely uh, kind of like the Smurfs and Yogi Bear from 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Kind of aimed more towards kids, not like full-on families. Right. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm willing to watch it since it's going to be on HBO Max and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, we're kind of spoiled in the sense of getting all these films and, and stuff kind of delivered directly to us. It's kind of nice. That's totally different than it was even, let's say, five years ago. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole uh, VOD, video on demand thing, was borderline taboo even, you know, 2015. <laughs> the idea of releasing a VOD and a cinema release like at the same time was sort of like signaling that the movie was going to bomb. Yeah. And now it's, it's the only way anything is going to get seen. So, um, now another thing I would like to talk about is, uh, Duncanville. If I read correctly, you did uh, work on that one as well, right? I did. I, yeah. I worked on the first season of Duncanville. Yeah. Uh, how was working on that? I mean, that's one show that I've really been enjoying. So, 
It was awesome. That was um, that was another freelance thing I did in the evenings to kind of pay bills and things like that. So I wasn't, I didn't go into the studio. I didn't get to meet the cast. Um, a lot of comedians on that show though, a lot of like really, really funny people. And that was another one where I was allowed to be a little more free and like American dad has a very specific style of animation. Um, and it has like kind of rules and things to follow where I could like, if I do something wrong, it, it'll come back from Korea looking wrong. And people be like, why did you do that? We have to redo, like, redo all this work. Um, Duncanville had a little more freedom to make the characters a little more fluid. Um, the, the supervising timing director on that show was the supervising timing director on the first four seasons of Bob's Burgers. Whoa. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, he's uh, like another mentor of mine. His name is Randy. Um, and his animation style is a little looser. Like if you watch like a season three episode of Bob's Burgers versus a season nine episode, you'll see like a slight difference in the animation style. And a lot of that has to do with the timing and the timing directing on that. And so Duncanville, I got to have a little more freedom, a little more creativity in the sense of kind of do stuff that's like a little wacky. And I think it kind of helps the show and the stories just because it's such a grounded show, you know, it's not fantasy based. So it's kind of fun to see some of the crazier animation styles. Yeah, I mean, I've really been enjoying that show. Uh, I'm excited to see more stuff like that, so. There's gonna be, yeah, I'm working on a show right now. I don't know how much I can say about it. Um, it's called Housebroken, though. It's gonna be on Fox. Uh, in tw it should be 2021. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an all animals. It's, a, it's a sort of like a sitcom, but it's going to be all pets, speaking of pets. Yeah. And it's got like Lisa Kudrow in it. And this is all stuff that's on Wikipedia. So I don't think it's, I'm not speaking at a turn. Nothing you have to edit out, I don't believe. Okay. But if I lose my job, then I'll come for you, JW. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll come for a 17-year-old with a podcast. That's right. Uh, I, you will shoulder all the blame for what I say and do. I take no responsibility. Uh, very funny. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about, I was looking at your Instagram to kind of get a little more research and uh, Gumboy. Let's talk about that one of your own projects. Yeah, Gumboy. It's, it started out, it was a mistake, really. I have been teaching myself CG animation in my free time because and your own animation, I mean, Roger Rabbit, all this stuff is so difficult. Like, the only way you could really make your own cartoon as a single person is CG. Uh, and so for the past couple of years, I've been just teaching myself based on YouTube videos and stuff like that. And I would post little tests online. And in 2019 on TikTok, uh, I created like an account on TikTok and I just started posting little things on there. And I made the very first like Gumboy video. He didn't even have a name. I just made a little video and I posted it. And within like a few weeks, it got a million views. So, yeah, so I've got, and now I, I started using like the Gumboy hashtag and Gumboy has 25 million views on TikTok now. And I've got like about 177,000 followers. So it's like, I just kept going with it. Cause I was like, well, it seems like kids are resonating with it. So why not keep going? But the originally it was just, 
I was just testing it out to see if I could get bones to work, if I could get like a character. And that's why he's like a, a rectangle. He has no limbs or anything because I can't do all that stuff. It'd be too much work, but I can wiggle a stick around and kind of make him talk. But it kind of, it kind of blew up. So I just kept going with it, kind of chasing, you know, that uh, the attention I was getting from that. Because sometimes we do things for attention, not just because we love them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really thinking about kind of getting into animation a little bit, maybe. So I'm really thinking about that. It's, you know, the all of the computer skills and studying animation is like studying a lot of different art forms you know like with the voice acting and acting and drawing and using software on the computer so by studying animation you could potentially be opening yourself up to a lot of different skills that you know you hadn't anticipated uh developing so i say go for it i advise everybody to make cartoons though <laughs> oh my thing is i'm not the best at drawing so <laughs> Yes, me either. I mean, that's why the whole, that's why I went to CG was just because the, I have coworkers and superiors who are so phenomenally talented that it will, you know, any like residual self-esteem I had before entering American Dad was just like wiped clean once I saw everybody's incredible work. I'm grateful that I can even be allowed to be there. But that's part of why I went into CG as well. Is just because it's, it uses the animation talents, but without actually having to draw. Right. You can visualize stuff easier when you can just like move it around in a 3D space without having to like sit there and, and draw it. So, is there a certain program you would recommend? Or? Oh, Blender. Blender. It's free. It's 100% free and open source. And it's incredible. And you can do hand drawn animation in it as well. And the community is really cool. There's tons of people online who all kind of like to use it. And it's, it's not an industry standard. There's very few TV shows, very few movies that get made in Blender. But because it's free and because there's so many people who are messing with it, it's like a really nice entry point into animation. Awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a lot of free time right now. I mean, I have this in school so <laughs> yeah are you actually physically going to school or are you doing zoom um i'm homeschooled so <laughs> okay good 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 i mean for your own safety yeah it's i've been homeschooled i think for the last i've been homeschooled since second grade so oh, okay. I, I mean there was some stuff that with quarantine hitting and stuff i mean there was quite a bit of stuff that got taken away from me with like this i did go do stuff with other kids like i was in a bowling league and stuff like oh. that so that's a bummer and you're about to you got to be getting close to graduating like your version of high school right uh i'm uh, i mean i do the same thing as pretty much any other kid i do the same amount of work just in uh i just don't do it for eight hours a day i usually do it for about four but i still get the same amount of work in usually and everything i have yeah i mean i found that all human beings really only have like four or five hours of true productivity you know, I don't think the, the extra three hours is usually more detrimental. And I think about the stuff that I've done in that last three hours and then had to redo the next day, <laughs> work quiet. So like a four or five hour workday makes sense. 
ideally. But you're about to hit that phase where you kind of drift from like high school student to unemployed adult without like <laughs> to, it's like you got a little bit of a buffer there. Oh, oh but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I really enjoy it. And then I'm going into my senior year. And mm. so, yeah, I'm in my junior year right now. It's going pretty good. And I hope to go to Fried Hardman University in Henderson. It's a smaller university. Nice. Well, hopefully by the time all that happens, you'll be vaccinated. Everybody will be. It'll be like life will be normal again. But hopefully. Let's, let's hope for that. Let's pray for that. So. Yeah. I mean, I am enjoying, well, I'm fairly introverted. I don't mind hiding in a cave for months on end. With, with animation, actually, there's, there's about two months between every season where I don't have work. So in a way... For the past like few years, I've grown accustomed to my own version of quarantine, where I'll have like two months where I don't have to go outside and do anything or do any work. And I can just hide inside. So I'm a little bit accustomed to this, but it would be nice to be able to go outside and not feel like I'm risking my life. You know. <laughs> now, um, in between this and school and everything, during the holiday season, I did decide to uh, to get a retail job that I had. So during the Halloween season, I worked for a Halloween store, and then for the Christmas season, I worked for a close uh, for a clothing store. So both uh, good, a little stressful, extremely safe though. Yeah, well, I mean, like, good on you for providing an essential service. I mean, but except for maybe Halloween supplies, I suppose you can't qualify that as essential. I mean, I do love these spooky teeth and fake blood, but I did not call that like a life-giving sustenance sort of thing. Yeah. But I mean, that, that's good. And it's, it's glad you're being safe. Yes. That kind of stuff is crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the things I did at the Halloween store, um, uh, some of the time I was on uh, on the street corner in a hot dog suit. Uh, ah. So it's like, that's, I mean. Living the dream. Happy, puts a little, put, uh, gives me a little money. So. <laughs> yeah, and you're, pro you're, you're being an entertainer. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> providing value it's um most of this stuff was nice that people would say <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> who's gonna bug a you know kid in a wiener suit flipping a sign oh but uh, sorry i kind of went on a little tangent there <laughs> oh that's fine <laughs> but so uh, so what's some stuff i always like asking uh my guests this uh what's some stuff that uh that you've been able to to enjoy during quarantine? Um, oh, oh, I bought my first mocap suit. Are oh. you familiar with those? A motion capture suit? Yeah. Yes, I am. I, I've, been, I've been looking at them. They're great. <laughs> I mean, it's bizarre that they're com becoming affordable. It's very strange. But I bought my first one. Uh, on my Instagram, there's a couple of tests I've actually done uh, where you can see the, some of the animations of the results. I modeled um, an Optimus Prime, danced as Optimus Prime, and then I did uh, like a Gumboy cartoon with the mocap suit. And I'm going to use it again soon with the stuff I'm working on now. But mostly in quarantine, it's just been that. It's just been using all of my extra free time that I don't use with the commute to animate, make cartoons, write songs, uh, try to develop my, my CG skills. I'm working on, like, I mean, I'm always working on this, the same little web series thing, but now it's reaching a point 
sort of a tipping point where I can animate large amounts of animation without dying, like without like going to bed feeling like I've just lost like years of my life. I can do 15 seconds in of animation in 90 minutes, which is, it's a lot of animation and it, it looks, it looks good enough. Like I'm happy with it. <laughs> it's, so I'm excited. I'm going to do more long form stuff like that. More 10 minute episodes, things like that. That's pretty cool. Uh, I've tried CGI, not CGI. I don't know. I'm, I meant to say uh, stop motion. I tried stop mm. motion a couple years ago. Uh, I tried that on YouTube. Um, I realized two hours of, of taking photos for stop motion uh, gives about a five to ten second video. So, I mean, yep. I did it for a while. It was fun. Uh, I'm going to try to go back into that. Yeah, that's it's that's what makes it such an insane art form, and why it's why I make so many like I'm willing to make so many concessions with quality, you know, and style. If I stuck to my guns and made everything traditional or stuck with stop motion, I would never have the chance to actually tell a story, and that's what everything is. Everything is just like different vehicles for storytelling, you know, even if it's preaching or animation or podcasting. The, the heart of every art form, even single paintings, still images, the, the heart of everything is the story that it tells. And it, when you're just one person, like you and me, um, well, we're not one, we're two, but the, when you're trying to create stuff and you don't have a team around you, you know, you figure out what uh, sort of concessions you want to make in order to be able to actually finally tell a story. Right. So I think it's important. I mean, it's, it's, you know, what story can you tell? If you can tell a story in five seconds that makes you happy, then you're fine. Right. Uh, it, it was mainly with WWE action figures. So. Oh, see, action figures is a nice shortcut. If you were using clay, then, you know, think about how much longer that would take. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. Are they, are, were they hyper-articulated? Like, did they have movable wrists and elbows, or were they just, like, stiff? No, movable wrists and elbows. Nice. You're lucky. When I was a kid, like action figures, like the original Ninja Turtles action figures just had single arm movements. Like even elbows being able to move was like a special thing. <laughs> the 90s. <laughs> Toys were not the way they are now. Yeah, I think the most articulate uh, action figures back then were probably G.I. Joe's. Like yeah. That's right. That's right. But they had rubber bands inside of them that would decay and snap. Um, so that was like, even though you got these, this hyper movement like around the waist, they would break so easily. So um, I remember my brother had GI Joes, uh, but he's, let's say, I think about eight years older than me. So GI mm. GI Joes, I played with his old GI Joes, stuff like that. So. That's cool. I was I never had any GI Joes. I was strictly Ninja Turtles. That was the <laughs> <laughs> So I mean Ninja Turtles, I feel like I've recently just like in the last let's say six years really gotten into Ninja Turtles and the history of Ninja Turtles stuff. Like right. I for like I forget that I'm not like I'm not super old. Like, the Nintendo came out, like, before I was born. You know what I mean? Like, regular Nintendo. But not Super Nintendo. 
I was alive and like conscious when I saw the release of Super Nintendo. Um, so I remember that. But I grew up with Ninja Turtles basically already existing. By the time I have, you know, same with The Simpsons. Like I don't have memories of life before The Simpsons was on TV or before Ninja Turtles. But the, I forgot that when you, I'm always impressed by your generation of your willingness to research stuff and study things, you know, and like figure out your place in pop culture by looking at what came before you. I used to do that too, more so with music. But uh, yeah, it's, it's weird to remember that you don't know about Ninja Turtles except for retroactively. Like the original films are so much cooler than like the new movies. I mean, the new movies were cool, but... They're cool-looking. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a big difference between a cool-looking movie and a cool movie. And Bebop and Rock said you were pretty cool in those, mainly just because who played them. That's... <laughs> you're so lucky you actually got Bebop and Rocksteady. When I was a kid, we thought for sure Bebop and Rocksteady were going to be in the movies. Instead, we got Toka and Razar. They just, the filmmakers just made up characters that didn't even exist in the universe. Okay. Yeah. It's just so, if, as the main villains of the second movie, just made them up. Like, was, everybody was confused and sad. It was a very depressing time. It, like, the, uh, have you heard, have you done research on the Super Mario Brothers movie? Oh. I the one that started. Mario is played by Bob Hoskins, who plays the detective in Roger Rabbit. And Luigi is uh, John Leguizamo? Yes. So you know about it. Yes. I loved that movie. I was obsessed with it, even though it was canonically nonsense. <laughs> it was still, like, the coolest thing we had at the time. Right. Um, hopefully, I mean, I've heard something about an animated uh, Mario, but hopefully that becomes true soon. But wow. I've also heard Netflix is possibly planning something for Zelda. So that's, that's wow. That would be cool. Have you done research on the original Zelda cartoon? Not really. The the, the Captain N sort of spinoff. Yeah, not not really. So I'm probably it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I've also um, I almost got the Super Mario movie today. I was at a used video game and DVD store. It's like, oh, cool. it was right there. Like, no. It's like, it was either between that or regarding Henry, a Harrison Ford movie. It's like, I'm going to go ahead and take my chances with something I've already seen instead of. <laughs> yeah, it's tough when you spend money. The Super Mario Brothers movie is more of like a YouTube it and see if somebody uploaded the whole movie kind of a thing. Yeah, it's good. Like, a, oh, look, they just added it to so and so streaming service. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If it's a byproduct of something you're already subscribed to, then right. yeah. So, hey, hopefully Netflix adds it. <laughs> that would be cool. I mean, it's so sticky that, I mean, it's enjoyable. It's neat. It has Yoshi in it. <laughs> Yoshi's in it? Yoshi is in it, but Yoshi is a very hyper-realistic puppet dinosaur. And, oh, and who stabs it? Somebody, I think Princess Daisy stabs it. Which is weird, because Princess Daisy was only in the Game Boy version of Mario. She, they don't even have uh, Princess Peach. It's just all sorts of weird choices. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine if that movie was made now, like Josh Gad or somebody would play Mario. <laughs> that is hilarious casting. 
I feel, I hope your podcast blows up and you keep pushing that to every guest. They're just like, hey, so JW, huh? Yeah, hey, what do you think about a Mario reboot starring Josh Gad as Mario? Ah, cool. And just keep pushing that on people. And eventually you'll get Josh Gad on as a guest. I mean, you, you know, you start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, totally. I mean, that would be awesome. Start a Twitter campaign of just hashtag jo- uh, Josh Gad Mario. Oh yeah, Josh Gad and a stash, <laughs> mustachioed Gad. Yeah. Hey, I mean, if you're on Twitter, <laughs> exactly. I don't um, know if I am. Twitter's very interesting. It's sort of it's a little too toxic for me. Mm-hmm. I've and I don't like the fact that I mean, it, not not political, but I don't like the fact that there are entire news articles based on tweets. I feel like I feel like there's there's outlets like news outlets that forget that Twitter is social media and somebody like tweeting is not an article. You cannot write an article where you quote the tweet in the article and then say end the sentence with and that's what they tweeted. Like it's like <laughs> that made me read that. Like so that that keeps me off it yeah. largely. Like what what's it going to say tomorrow? Kanye uh, Kanye West ate a sandwich. He put it on his Twitter. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like Kanye has beef with Josh Gad. No, it was a beef sandwich. It's just a stupid, all this nonsense stuff that's open to interpretation. But it's not entertainment. Some people are entertaining on there, but it's just crazy. Josh Gad, Josh Gad yeah. Is he on Twitter? I feel- <laughs> Josh Gad, if you're listening, I mean, I have a podcast. That's right. <laughs> that is well, correct um i guess uh we have a few more minutes is there anything else that you would like to discuss or talk about before we uh, wrap this up well not necessarily i i think it's been fun man i really enjoyed it i really appreciate you uh reaching out i, I was very uh very flattered I mean, especially after seeing the other people you've interviewed you know compared to them <laughs> Animators are are very uh, they're very easy to reach. They they don't have even though it's like quote unquote television. Right. Like I don't I don't feel you know nobody's like oh my gosh you know no one's there's not a lot of glamour when you're an animator. So I appreciate it. It's really uh, meant a lot that you reached out. I think I saw one of your TikToks or something and it's like this is pretty cool. And then I looked at your. IMDb and stuff and realize some stuff that you've been as like this is uh, that you've done is like this is really cool look at your uh, Instagram and then I reached out and then Christmas happened and I forgot to reach back out to you and then finally (laughs) I'm I'm grateful for TikTok I'm grateful for you know I don't know if you've noticed but a lot of social media apps are kind of closed off now the they call it organic reach when you post something and then it actually gets pushed to people um, with Instagram and even Twitter as, and Facebook, when you post something, post like a cartoon, like on YouTube, I only have like 2,000 subscribers, like 2,100, like nothing. Uh, the, I've had the same number of followers on Instagram for like 18 months, essentially. <laughs> Nobody watches the cartoons that I post on there, but TikTok, because it's new, they're pushing stuff out um, organically and they're not, you don't have to pay for like ads and stuff like that to try to get people to see it so i feel super grateful that i mean like i said said, it's like a 25 million views just in 2020 for these weird cartoons that i'm making it makes me feel 
even though you should always do stuff for yourself, right. you should always do stuff that makes you happy. When you actually get a bit of visibility, a bit of feedback and a bit of what's recognition, I think, you know, some sort of acknowledgement that lets you go, okay, I, I've got to be on the right path because now finally people are watching, people are seeing stuff. You know, when you get a little bit of that, it's nice. Uh, you, you can't really work in the dark forever. Right. There are people who can, they're stronger than I am. Uh, but I mean, I gave up, I was a musician. I wanted to be a songwriter. Um, I gave up on that. Mostly, I still write songs for animation, for, like for my cartoons and things like that. But largely I gave up just because the, there wasn't enough, there was no real reach online. Not enough people were really listening to it and I couldn't figure out how to get people to hear it. So that's why I switched to animation. And luckily people are responding to it. I think it's really amazing, you know, to, there are Shane Curry fan accounts on TikTok, that which is, awesome. is crazy. <laughs> I mean, just the, these kids who like just post exclusively like quote unquote Shane Curry, like TikToks and it's interacting with them has uh, just been amazing. And just seeing that like a little mini version of fandom has been super rewarding super rewarding and I feel super grateful for that. But that's all because of social media. You know, it's like, it was luck. And that's the thing that bums me out is how much of life is luck. I would like to call it fate, right. but, but <laughs> it's just holy cow. So I think, yeah, that was just me rambling at the end of the podcast. <laughs> just to add a little bit more body, a little more sustenance to it. For people who like the sound of my voice, I don't know who they are. I hope they're out there. <laughs> well, uh, I want to tell you thank you. I want to tell everybody who listens to this thank you. And uh, Wait, I have one question for you. What does JW stand for? Joseph Walker. Joseph Walker. Okay. <laughs> Yes. Joe. Joey Joe. All right. No, not Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day.